Morning, everybody. Let's give some careful attention as we read God's Word, and we'll find it in Matthew chapter 13, reading from verse 24. Matthew chapter 13. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it works all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowds in parables, yet he didn't say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out his kingdom, everything that causes sin, and all who do evil. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun, and the kingdom of their father. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Here ends the reading. As I mentioned, we're looking at um, parables in Matthew 13. Matthew 13 uh, has seven parables all about the kingdom of heaven. Uh, many of them start with the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like. In the passage we're looking at today, there's three parables, and all of, all of them start with that phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like. And Jesus is telling these parables to make sure his followers, his disciples, have a right understanding of his kingdom, a right expectation of his kingdom. Uh, one of, the, one of the problems is if you have a wrong understanding, you could easily look and say, well, God's kingdom's failed. Uh, Jesus wants us to make sure that we understand 
the work of his kingdom in this world and therefore have confidence in his work. Uh, over the next uh, week, as children come to the Holiday Bible Club, uh, over the next month, as we run guest services, our aim is to see God's kingdom growing. Uh, we want to see the message of God's kingdom go out and impact and change people. Last week, we had a look at the parable of the sower. And there, that's all about different responses to the message of the kingdom. And the section we're looking at today picks up three more of these parables. And we see a similar pattern to what we saw last week. First, a parable is told, and then um, there's some stuff in between, and then the first parable is explained. In verses uh, 24 to 33, Jesus tells the crowd the parable um, of the wheat and the weeds. In verses 36 to 43, Jesus tells only his disciples the explanation, the meaning of the parable. So let's have a look at it. In the parable of the wheat and the weeds, uh, Jesus is dealing with the question, why is there still evil in this world? Uh, when we look at the world, we see very clearly evil continues on a day-by-day basis. All we have to do is to look at the news uh, that's been around over the last week. Um, There's been chaos in France over the last few weeks with many protests and much destruction. Uh, This week marked 500 days of the Ukraine war, which has not only caused... uh, countless deaths of Ukrainians and Russians, but also has caused suffering across the world, in particular in areas uh, where people are living on the poverty line, as there's been food shortages, as there's been increase in basic living, basic living costs. When you look at our local news, every single day we see of, of theft and corruption and rape and murder. It's very clear, isn't it? Evil continues in this world. And it's in the face of this, we might ask ourselves the question, is God's kingdom really succeeding? Is it really um, doing what it's supposed to be doing? After all, Jesus came 2,000 years ago. Shouldn't there have been a a bigger change? Shouldn't things have been better now? Um, We might even be tempted to say, well, evil looks like it's getting worse and worse rather than better. On the parable of the wheat and the weeds, Jesus wants us to understand why evil continues in this world. So in the parable, uh, the farmer goes and sows seed in his field. But at night, while everyone is asleep, an enemy comes along and sows bad seed. And so the seeds, the two different seeds, begin to grow together. The good seed becomes wheat. The bad seed, the one that was sown by the enemy, grows into weeds. When the farmer's servants go and check on the field, they notice the wheat and the weeds growing side by side. And they come and they say to the father, have a look at verse 27. They they say to the, the farmer, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then uh, did the weeds come from? And the 
the farmer responds and says that it is an enemy who has sown bad seed. The, the, the servants ask if they should go and, and pull up the weeds. And look at the answer uh, the farmer gives to the servants, verse 29. No, he said, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until harvest time. At that time, I will tell the harvesters to collect first the weeds and to tie them up in bundles to be burned, and then to gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So the farmer says that if, if they go out and they pull up the weeds immediately, it may damage the wheat, so that they're told to leave it until harvest time. At that time, the weeds will be gathered and burned, and the wheat will be gathered into the barn. In verse 36, uh, Jesus' disciples come to him and ask him to explain this parable to them. And he tells them, the one who sowed the good seed, uh, which grows into the wheat, is the Son of Man. That's Jesus' uh, name for himself. And the good seed are the sons of the kingdom. The enemy, the one who sowed the bad seed, uh, which grows into weeds, is the devil. And the weeds are the sons of the devil. Harvest time is the end of the age. It's judgment day when the angels will go out and gather out of his kingdom the sons of the evil. In verse 42 and 43, we see two vastly different destinies for the wheat and the weeds. In verse 42, the weeds... The sons of the evil, uh, one, will be thrown into the fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping and gnashing of teeth, that's a terrible picture, a picture of suffering, a picture of pain. It is the Bible's picture of hell. God's just judgment poured out on those who continuously rebel against him. Verse 43 we see the vastly different destiny for the sons of the kingdom. There it says, the sons of the kingdom, the followers of Jesus, will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Now just pause for that. Pause on that for a moment and think about that. If you're a follower of Jesus, your eternal future destiny is that you'll be in God's kingdom and you will shine like the sun in his eternal kingdom. That picture of glory, of splendor, uh, of greatness, that is the future that is held up for anyone who is following Jesus. Now, the, the the message of this parable is pretty clear. We must not be surprised now that good and evil continue alongside one another. Uh, Evil has not been eradicated, and not yet, but it will be. Evil does continue for now, but there is a time, at the end of time, when God will deal with evil. On Judgment Day, all evil, all that caused sin, will be removed and will face God's wrath and judgment, his just wrath and judgment. 
God does allow evil to continue now, but it will not continue forever. Uh, You can see how uh, people could easily look at this world and say, well, the message of the gospel, the message of the kingdom is not really successful. How much has it really changed? But as we understand things from an eternal perspective, as we understand things from God's perspective, we can see that there is a time when God will deal with all the evil and sin in this world. Judgment day is coming. Make no mistake about that. Now, in between the telling of the parable and the explanation, we have two more parables about the kingdom of heaven. And we are to to read these uh, together and in contrast with the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Jesus tells these other two parables so that we are confident that God's kingdom is growing. That even as we look into this world and we see uh, evil, we see uh, limited success of the kingdom, we can have confidence that God is growing his kingdom. Now, Jesus tells two parables here, uh, both fairly short. The first is the parable of the mustard seed, and the second is the parable of the woman who hides yeast or leaven in a large amount of flour. Now, some people might, might look at Christianity and say, well, it's had really little success. It's not really impacting society, is it? They might even point out to other religions and say that they are more successful. In parts of, of the world, it's clear that Islam is the dominant um, religion. In the West, atheism or secular humanism. You know, they might even point out to um, other Christian Uh, or groups who call themselves Christians but don't proclaim an authentic Christian message that may seem to have more success. The question that Jesus is dealing with in these two parables is, is God's kingdom really growing? In the parable of the mustard seed, Jesus tells us that this is the smallest of all seeds in the garden. Now, Jesus is talking here from a Palestinian herb and vegetable garden. Uh, The mustard seed is something that is so small, so seemingly insignificant, but when it's planted, it grows uh, to be bigger than all the other garden plants. See, the point here is that something so small, seemingly insignificant, grows into something large and significant that even the birds can perch in its branches. Now, in the first century Palestinian herb garden, the mustard seed, uh, the mustard tree would have been larger than all the other trees. I'm not sure who here has got a herb or vegetable garden at home. Just think about um, what you've, you've got there and how many of those vegetables a bird can go and perch in. Not many. Just think about uh, your lettuce, not going to happen. Or um, your, your uh, green peppers, something like that. But the mustard tree, the birds go and perch, bigger than all the other um, uh, garden plants. Now, we, we've been involved... So ever since we moved in our home, we've been trying to get a bit of a garden established, uh, been planting 
um, various plants, try to get a few fruit trees going. And it's, it's been exciting year on year to see just a little bit of better success each year. Uh, day by day, as the plants grow year by year, um, there's a better harvest. Pretty much from when we started barren land to trees being established. Uh, our, our best harvest this, this last year was um, granadillas, and on one day we collected over 100 granadillas. From barren land, it's now producing uh, a, a bountiful harvest. In the parable of the mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds, seemingly insignificant, seemingly nothing, results in the largest of plants. And it's the same with the kingdom of heaven. It might seem small, it might seem insignificant, but it will grow to something that is very large and extremely significant. At times, we might be tempted to think, is it really succeeding? But we need to remember that God is at work. He is growing his kingdom. So we must not be scared of small beginnings. We must not be disappointed or discouraged as we see uh, small things starting out, but confident knowing that God is at work. Uh, the next, in the next parable, uh, Jesus tells of this woman who hides some yeast or leaven in a large amount of flour. Uh, the, the idea here is that some of our translations say she puts the yeast in, but the actual word there is she hides it in this large amount of flour. Now, it's, it's actually a massive amount of flour. It's about 30 kilograms, somewhere bet between 25 and 30. Uh, some of your translations might say 30. Uh, the, the ESV says um, three large uh, measures. Some other translations just say three measures. It's easy for us to just think, well, you know, it's like making bread at home, three cups of flour, two cups of flour, bit of yeast, and it's just a small amount. But the picture here is a massive amount. Imagine the, the family barrel of flour, and this woman takes this yeast, or this leaven, and hides it in there. You can't see it. It's hidden. All you see is flour. Now, I don't know if, how many of you got into the lockdown craze of making sourdough. Um, I know there's some who are still doing it. Well done uh, for you. Um, but the, the, that's a bit more of the picture that would have happened here. It wouldn't have been dry yeast like we get today, but rather a, a, a starter or um, the leaven, which is a small doughy-like substance which then gets hidden in the flour. Now, so as the woman hides it in, you don't see it. You don't see what is happening. But slowly but surely... That leaven is working throughout the flour, changing it all into dough, uh, into a beautiful dough that then can ma be made into uh, yummy, fluffy bread. Now, with, with this amount of flour, just to give you a bit of perspective, uh, it, it would be enough flour to, make about a, to feed about 100 people. So this woman hides it in there. Slowly but surely, it is changing and did you notice, until all the flour has become dough, until all the flour has been leavened. The point that Jesus is making in this parable is that God's kingdom may at times appear hidden, but 
it is growing and it is continuing to grow. And it will continue to grow until it has achieved all that God has purposed it to achieve. As we bring these two parables together, Jesus is making the clear point that his kingdom is growing and will grow. These two parables give us a slight different nuance. Uh, In the parable of the mustard seed, something can be small and insignificant, seemingly small and insignificant, but in the end it will be very great and extremely significant. With the parable of the leaven and the flour, the kingdom might appear to be hidden, but God will work to accomplish all he has purposed it to accomplish. All the flower is changed. Nothing is left unaffected. All we need to do is look back over the last 2,000 years, and we can see how God's kingdom has been at work in this world. When Jesus died on the cross, uh, even his disciples had deserted him. Eleven scared disciples, pretty much gone into hiding. From the, from the outside looking in, looks like there's almost no chance of God's kingdom growing if it depends on those eleven. Looking back 2,000 years on, we can see how God's kingdom has continued to grow. Hundreds of millions of people have been included have been brought into his kingdom. Now, we can look at, at other areas as well. There's many examples where we can see massive growth of God's kingdom. In the 1950s, Chinese missionaries were expelled from China. Even the Christian missionaries themselves thought that that would be the end of the gospel work in China. Uh, until the mid-60s, all religious expression was banned in China. When China opened up again, they found a thriving church. God's kingdom might have appeared hidden. The gospel might have appeared so small and insignificant when the ban came into effect. But God grew his kingdom. We just need to look at our own lives and see how God has been at work in you. We'll look at our church family, how God's been at work in one another, how he's added people to our number. God is working, and he is bringing people to be part of his kingdom. The kingdom of heaven has grown, and it will continue to grow. It will not disappear. It it will not be insignificant and hidden. No matter how things may seem, God is growing his kingdom, and we need to have confidence in his work. Over this coming week, as children's hear, children hear the message of the kingdom at the Holiday Bible Club, we can have confidence that God is working to build his kingdom. Over the month, as we invite people along to hear the kingdom message at the guest events, let's have confidence that God is building his kingdom. Don't Don't feel that it's small or insignificant. Don't be tempted to doubt God's kingdom. Jesus wants us to see for sure that he is growing his kingdom. May at times appear small and insignificant. 
It may at times appear that evil is prevailing. But when we see that, we need to remind ourselves of these parables. We need to remind ourselves Jesus is at work in this world. He is building his kingdom. And he will establish the kingdom of heaven. There is a coming day when God will separate wickedness from the righteous. The wicked will be thrown into the fire, into hell. But those who are sons and daughters of the kingdom will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let's have confidence in the work that God is doing. Let's fearlessly and boldly proclaim the message of the kingdom to the world. Now, it may be that you're here today and you're not yet part of God's kingdom. Maybe as you've looked around, you've thought, well, the message of the gospel, the Christian message, doesn't really seem to be having much impact. Uh, And you've been tempted to think that it's a failure. Well, let me challenge you. Look at what Jesus is saying. Look at the history of this world that proves it. God is building his kingdom. And there is a time that is coming when there will be a separation of good from evil. Your eternal destiny is at stake. It's either going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth, or it's going to be shining like the sun in the kingdom of God. As Jesus tells uh, these parables, he wants us to be confident of his work in this world. Despite the continuation of evil, despite small beginnings, his kingdom will grow. We've seen it as we look back over history. We've seen it in our own lives and our own church. Do you believe that God will continue to grow his kingdom? Do you believe that God will continue to to reach out with his kingdom message? Well, he says he will. So let's make sure that we are bold and confident in God's work in this world. Uh, As we uh, pray for the children at the Holiday Bible Club, as we invite people to guest events, let's be confident that God is growing his kingdom and he will grow his kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you that you are a God of mercy. We know that none of us deserve to be part of your kingdom. But because of your great mercy, you've made a way for us to be forgiven and opened up a way for us to come into your kingdom. Father, we pray for the holiday club this coming week. We pray for the guest events coming. We pray that you will be at work and that you will build your kingdom. Bring people uh, to hear the truth. We pray that you will soften hard hearts, that you'll open blind eyes, that people may hear and understand and turn to you for forgiveness. Father, we pray that you'll give us boldness in your work in this world. Give us confidence in what you're doing. And we pray that that you will uh, help us to boldly proclaim the message of your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.